Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Not you, Pastor Lauren, everybody else. I'm just getting sorted here. It is so cool to be speaking in front of smiling faces. This has been the first time me doing this in a long time. Uh, I've been speaking a few times to the camera, which is uh, different. Um, and we've service-led, and, but with masks on. And so, look at you, you have mouths. <laughs> Spectacular, I wasn't sure. And uh, we're doing this really cool series, uh, who's been around for the last couple weeks? So some of you are really amazing Christians, (laughs) and the rest of you have been coming to church. (laughs) Ah, see what I did there? See what I did there? (laughs) Uh, But this series is so good, it's about answering difficult questions, and we had you send in your difficult questions to the church, and... Uh, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Lauren, Brad have done an incredible job. Why don't you give them a hand over the last couple of weeks? They've done an amazing job. And we thought, hey, you know what would be really cool is if we actually got me to come up here and uh, give a message on a topic that you don't even know what it is. Just answer a difficult question on the spot. So this is super exciting. I'm a little bit nervous. I've got my Bible and, uh, you know, all kinds of different notes of like, here's some scriptures that are just, you know, will cover everything. So anyways... The question that I'll be answering should be up on the screen behind me, and this is me seeing it for the first time. Uh, changing truth in an ever-changing culture. Would Jesus use gender pronouns? Are you joking? Was this your idea, Pastor Lord? Whose question was this? Come clean. Are you ch- Really? Pastor Tim, did you ask this question? No. Okay, I'm being silly. I obviously knew this was the question. But it's a bit of a doozy, no? It's a bit of a doozy. No, it is. A little bit. It's a loaded question, right? It carries a lot of emotion attached to it, no matter on what side of this question you might land, no matter what your feelings are. It's pretty loaded. And so I want to ask something of you all this morning before I get started. And I'm not going to get started unless you all agree. Okay, that's not true. I just want to ask that we could still be friends after I'm finished talking. No matter what. Is that okay? Because I would love that. I mean, I may offend everybody, the conservative Christians, the ultra-conservative Christians especially, and then people in the LGBT community, I might offend them by acts. I'm not trying to offend anybody, right? I'm just trying to deliver what I feel like God has put on my heart. And I also have to say that I'm not an expert in theology on this topic. I'm not an expert in um, psychology, sociology. Like, I'm none of that stuff. I'm an expert. I'm a dummy. I'm a firefighter, Right? <laughs> I'm a dummy, so take what I have to say with a grain of salt, right? But I know the Lord, and I, and I know the Holy Spirit, and so I'm going to try to communicate as best I can. And one other thing that I meant to say, that my <clears throat> opinions expressed here in no way represent Pastor Lauren, the pastoral team, C3 Church Calgary, or C3 Church Global. 
I said that right. Is that okay? Perfect. So uh, that being said, after I'm done, if you have a problem with anything that I say, you can absolutely email Pastor Lauren. And you see what I've done there? I've, I've brought a little levity. We're all feeling, okay, the guard is down, so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can gather here together in person, maskless if we choose, and we can just worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that we can just come into community, and we can just give you everything that we are. And I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, Holy Spirit, fall on us fresh in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. You know, I've noticed something about Jesus. I've noticed a few things, but something in particular over this last week as I was thinking about it. Um, Jesus in the scriptures is never surprised. Have you noticed that? Well, almost never. I, I, off the top of my head, I could really only think of one thing, and that's when he saw the face of the Roman centurion. Do you remember that? He was like, dang, son, you got faith like nobody. But that's, that was it. Like, he's not really surprised by anything. I tell you what, he's definitely not surprised by sin, transgression, inequity. Those are the, like, the big bad words of the Bible. But he's not surprised by brokenness. He's not surprised by hate. He's not surprised by fear. He's not surprised by anger. He's not surprised by any of that stuff. Have you ever noticed that? It's interesting. It's really interesting. I think we need to be more like Jesus. Duh. <laughs> but in that, in that way of not being surprised. You know what I think uh, when we're discussing this type of a question, I think one of the, the biggest barriers is, uh, is shock, right? One of the biggest barriers to us um, getting to know people in the LGBT community and the transgender community is shock, right? Because we're not expecting to meet somebody that identifies differently than what we might think of them. Do you know what I mean? So here's a situation, and maybe you've had this happen to you, maybe not. Uh, you meet somebody new for the first time, and you're talking, and you're getting along, and all of a sudden they say, yeah, by the way, um, my pronouns are Zezer. And you go, like you, you probably have had that happen where you just weren't expecting it, you're having this conversation, and they say something, and you, and you maybe it's not a huge shock, but you, you're obviously visibly shocked, right? Well, what happens then? A wall goes up between you, right? You just put a wall between you and the person that you're trying to get to know. How much worse is it if it's a family member? Somebody you've known your whole life. Somebody that's known you their whole life. Maybe a son, a daughter, a sister, a parent. They decide to be a different gender. They, they decide that their gender identity doesn't line up with their biological sex and, and they say, hey, this is the change I'm making. How shocking is that? Understandably, right? But that shock is a barrier to love. How many times when we react in a shocking way, does that, the next response be love? It's almost never love after that, right? It's, it's fear and confusion and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's really interesting because that shock to me makes me think that we all live in a place like Jerusalem when we're actually living in a place like Babylon. Do you know what I mean? No, you don't, so I'm going to explain it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you probably get it. You know what I'm talking about. Right from the beginning of the Bible, page one, all the way to the end of the Bible, the last page, there's this theme that recurs. 
the whole Bible. It's a conflict between two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem, Babylon. Call it a tale of two cities for my Charles Dickens fans. Dickinson. Dickinson. Dickens. Dickens. Dickinson. Whatever. I don't know. I haven't even read it. Tale of two cities. There it is. good that you're still laughing. That means I haven't yet offended too many people. That's good news. So, uh, Jerusalem and Babylon. Jerusalem always represents God's city, God's people, God's created order, how he designed the world. That's what Jerusalem is always meant to represent. So, the Garden of Eden is a type of Jerusalem, right? And in the end, we're going to get a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, right? Like we're, and so, it's always God's perfect created order. And in, in the Bible, the people of Israel, you know, they're living in Jerusalem, and, and it's the city that's meant to be filled with worship and honoring God, and it's just supposed to be perfect, right? <clears throat> On the contrary, Babylon is a place where it's the enemies of God that live in Babylon, the enemies of God's created order, right? So it's, it's sort of the antithesis, right? Like it's the opposite of everything that Jerusalem is supposed to be. And I think that in the West, especially North America, Canada, and the United States, we think that we're living in a Jerusalem-type place. That's, that's really not true. You're living in Babylon, baby. You better get used to it. And I think because, you know, our nations were founded on really Christian principles and that have been that way for a very long time, you know, we think that's just how it is. But no, not at all. And I got a newsflash, it's, it's going to get a lot more like Babylon before it gets a lot more like Jerusalem, right? So that shock comes from a place of, we don't know where we're living, right? As I was thinking about this question, would Jesus use pronouns, I really found that there are sort of two issues underneath that question that I want to talk about. And I want to circle back at the very end and answer this question. Is that okay? Is that fair enough? The first issue has to do with identity, obviously, right? Identity. Identity of where we're living, right? The culture that we're living, and the identity of the individual. Right? That's kind of the first issue that I want to talk about. And the second issue I want to talk about is how should I behave towards trans people? Right? Because when somebody's asking this question, let's be honest, they want to know how to behave. And sometimes that comes from a good place, and I'll be honest, sometimes it does not come from a good place. So I want to tackle those two issues. <sighs> I'm using my iPad for the first time. It's a little bit different than paper. Hey oh, Yeah, somebody's like, yeah, you did, iPad, come on. Uh, <laughs> so Babylon. Shock. It's that barrier to responding appropriately. You know, when uh, my, my wife is, she's full term, right? We're expecting our little girl imminently, right? It's like we're expecting Jesus to return imminently. I'm expecting my little girl to come before that, but still, you know, who knows what could happen. But a lot of people that haven't seen her in a while behave in a way that's uh, not appropriate because of shock. <gasps> oh my goodness, you're really pregnant. Wow, you dummy. You never say something like that to a pregnant lady, ever. Phoenix, just so you know, this will help you. 
sometime in the future. All the guys out there, and even some of the girls, you never talk like that to a pregnant lady. You, what, you, what you say is, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're glowing. No, you don't look pregnant at all. Are you? Are you? Do you have a... That's a... Oh, there I see it now. It's just so, it's so petite. And, uh, but you don't say, aha, there must be twins in there. You're huge. Like, literally, people are saying these things. They're responding in shock. And you know what? Brittany doesn't laugh it off like you're all laughing right now. She goes, wow, that's really, can I say crappy? That's crappy, what you just said. She said other things, too, but I can't repeat it up on the stage. And so when we respond in shock to people, when we're not prepared, um, we respond wrongly. Right? And we, so we need to be more like Jesus, and we need to recognize that as we're living in Babylon, we're going to encounter some things that are contrary to maybe the Word of God, maybe some things that we didn't expect. And as, as our culture continues to change and progress, that's going to happen more and more often. So we, as the people of God, need to prepare ourselves, right? We need, every single one of us needs to have these conversations with other Christians and how do I respond and we need to work on it together. We need to practice our responses together because the, the culture is not going back to, you know, 1950, right? No, 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 no. It's going into the future. It's going to the future Babylon and it's going to get different. And when we respond in shock, very rarely do we ever respond in love right after that. And sometimes even when we do, it's too late because the wall has gone up between you. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> Everybody knows the sta- uh, story of Daniel in the, li- in the lion's den, right? Daniel had some friends. Who knows their names? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Love is so sing-songy fun to say, isn't it? Why did you call them that? How dare you? That's not their real names. But you had no problem calling them that. Huh, interesting. Does anybody know what their real names were? <laughs> Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Did you know that their names in Hebrew mean, and I have it written down, Hananiah means God is gracious. Mishael means who is God? Like it's just, oh my God, God is so amazing. And uh, Azariah means God has helped. So their names actually honored God. But when they were taken into captivity from Israel, from Jerusalem, right, and then they were brought into Babylon, they were given Babylonian names. And how many people know that the Babylonians didn't worship Yahweh? They worshiped other gods, a bunch of them. And so their new names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mean the command of the moon god, who is a coup? I don't know, it's strange. And slave of the god Nebo. That's what their names mean. But y'all said their names. They were given new identities. Their identities were changed against their will. And you had no problem saying their names. Hmm, interesting. Just, I don't know. What am I, what's my point there? I don't know. Yeah. What I'm saying is that names and identities of other people are not the hill to die on. How somebody chooses to identify is not my business. It's not my business at all. My business is to love people, right? If somebody wants to be called something, hmm, what business is that of mine? There is some hills to die on, though, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they died on a hill while they didn't die. They refused to bow down and worship another god. They refused to bow down and worship another god, and for that, they were thrown into a furnace, right? But they actually weren't burned because they, they had a miracle encounter with God. But if they had complained and moaned about being given these new identities and the new names, they would have been killed way back then, and we wouldn't have experienced this incredible miracle of them surviving the furnace. You see, they knew that they were living in Babylon. They knew that they had to sort of adopt part of that culture. They were in the culture, but they were not a part of it. They were in the world, but not a part of it. They had to understand the language. They had to understand where they were. They had to kind of blend in a little bit. And that's difficult. I can't imagine. It's a lot more difficult for them in that time than for us in this time. But without them being able to go incognito in Babylon, we would have never seen an incredible miracle. The subject of pronouns is really a subject about identity, isn't it? Of course. Absolutely. When we listen to trans people talk, it's constantly they're saying things like, my gender identity. They're constantly referring to the gender identity. So obviously it's an issue of identity. Identity expression, right? But, you know, trans people are not the only ones constantly making statements about their identity. We all are. Huh? A lot of times we make statements about identity that are wrong, terribly wrong, right? But we're constantly making statements about our identity. Hi, my name is Matthew. Hi. How's everybody doing? Are you still with me? Am I doing okay so far? Okay, just hang in though, because it's going to get worse before it gets better. I hope not. <laughs> I'm Matthew. I'm 36 years old. I'm a husband, father, son-in-law. Hey, Jamie. I'm a firefighter, Christian, right? All that seems like pretty good stuff, right? But that's not all there is to me. That's not even close to what there is to me. And of course, obviously, there's more to me, but, but there's so much more to me than even I know. And it's almost offensive. It's got to be offensive to God that I would even refer to myself in that way because he knows me better than I know myself. He knows you better than you know yourself. And to refer to ourselves by these sorts of things has to be offensive to the heart of God because there's so much more to you. There's so much more to you. So even non-trans people are making statements about their identity and that doesn't line up with the heart of God for them. What's the difference? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's probably good that we read some scripture, hey? Should have got to that sooner. Um, for we are God's masterpiece. I love this kind of like we're God's artwork. You know, we're his pottery, we're his painting. He created us so individually, every single one of us by hand, so unique. We're his masterpiece, and he's created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. You think your identity is one thing. We think it's one thing. We all do, but it's not. It's not even close, and I'm not speaking to trans people. I'm speaking to non-trans people. You think your identity is something, but it's something else. We're constantly looking to our society, to our culture, to inform us on who we are. Yeah. 
right? Constantly, all the time. Every time we turn on the TV, every time we watch the news, every time we watch a movie, right? How many people have watched a movie in the last 24 hours? All of you, at least there's a TV show that you binge watched. Don't pretend like you don't binge TV shows. I know you do. So we're constantly looking to these things. We're constantly looking to our own personal experience to define who we are. But that has nothing to do with who we are. We're looking to politicians. We're looking to leaders. Looking to Pastor Lorne. We're looking to people that we idolize and want to emulate to help us to define who we are. Or even better yet, we're looking inside. We're looking inside. It's this like kind of new agey thing that's just borrowing from Eastern religions. We're just looking inside for who we are. Well, all of that stuff is a form of idol worship. Whether we're looking at something else that's created to inform us on who we are, or whether we're looking inside us, created by God, but we think that we're just ours, so we're looking inside us to figure out who we are. That's just idol worship, you guys. The only place that you can look to find out who you are is God, is the Scripture, is the Holy Spirit, is Jesus. And again, I'm not talking to trans people. I mean, I am, but I'm, like, I'm talking to everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, all of us are broken. All of us are flawed. All of us have a messed up view of who we are. All of us. I don't care how mature you are in your faith. You're living in Babylon. You're being exposed to Babylon constantly. You aren't fully redeemed. You aren't in your new body. You haven't, Jesus' second coming hasn't come, so we're still living in the fallen, broken world. We all have a distorted view of who we are. James puts it this way in James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. How many people fool themselves? I do all the time. Apparently, I'm the only one because I'm the only one that raised their hand. Okay, there's a couple. There's a few, there's a fool, a few other fools. In the... <laughs> I'm just going to take a second and take a drink of water. Okay. And it goes on in verse 23. For if you listen to the, world, uh, the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror, right? So when we listen to the word... It's like we're looking into a mirror. We see the truest reflection of who we are when we listen to the word. When we're in Christ, when we're in God, it's like looking into the mirror, a perfect mirror, and we know exactly who we are. But when we look away, we forget. It's like you're glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. When we're not centered in Christ, when we're not centered in the word of God, we forget what we actually look like. All of our identities are messed up and broken. I wish I could tell you that you get to this place in your life where you just pray ceaselessly all the time and that you're just like constantly ruminating on scripture and that like you just have God's perfect mind and all that. I may, maybe, but certainly not me. And I, I'm looking around, I'm thinking probably nobody else here. Maybe, maybe, some people, but I don't know. we're not perfect yet, and that's okay. That's okay. That means we just constantly have to keep going back to the Word of God. We constantly have to keep going back to Jesus. Again, the point I'm trying to make is that we're all messed up, and that there's only one person who truly knows us, and we should be going to that person 
to tell us who we are. At the end of the day, what is so different from trans people and non-trans people? Honestly. I just want that to sink in. I mean, there's obvious differences, but really, is there any difference? No. We're all just people struggling through life, trying to figure out who we are. We all have identity issues, and we are all struggling, just in different ways, right? So I said two issues with this question. First is that question of identity, and you're welcome. I just sorted identity out for you. I mean, we could do a whole series on identity, but I think I preached it pretty good. We all have a broken identity. Oh, thank you. I don't need the applause, but I'll take it. And uh, we could do a whole series on this. this is, I want you to know this isn't the beginning. This is just like maybe the beginning of a conversation. It's not the end. It's not all-encompassing. This is, this is a very nuanced topic, right? Very, very nuanced. There's so much to this. There's so much to the Bible, for goodness sake. So if I don't cover something or if I miss something or if I mis- misspoke, just a little bit of grace for me would be fantastic, but I want to continue the dialogue. So identity, the first issue, identity of the world, identity of the individual. Like I said, preached it amazing. So good. We've got that covered. We're on the same page. The second was how do we behave towards trans people? How do we behave towards people? But specifically to answer this question, how do we behave towards trans people? And I think that is why you would ask a question like, what would Jesus do? well, I, what I mean is what, what I do, or what should I do, right? That's what, that's what the person is asking. If I haven't made it clear, all of us need a revelation of God and a revelation of who we are in Christ, right? That was the point of the first two points. We all need a revelation of God. We all need a revelation of ourselves in Christ. How should we treat somebody who's trans? No different than anybody else. I mean, some of you need a lesson on how to treat people in general. Myself included. (laughs) You know, right? When people cut us off, I'm not praying blessings over them. It's a good day if I just say nothing. No different than anybody else, and we need to treat people with love. We're called to love people. Yes, I know what you're saying. What about scriptures like Ephesians chapter 4, 15? Do we have that one? I think we do. <sighs> Speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. A lot of you are like, yeah, but I just got to speak the truth to people. <laughs> Dummy, read the whole verse. In love. Do you know that if you don't speak with love, it's just cruel? It's just, it's just painful. The truth hurts. Yeah, that's true. Hey, buddy, my little guy's coming down. He is so cute. Love you, pal. <laughs> uh, okay, where was I? Most of us want to speak the truth and we forget the qualifier love right? A lot of people say, well, no, it is love to speak the truth. Mm. (laughs) Why wouldn't he just say the truth, right? Why would he say, 
You gotta speak the truth truth if truth is love. Right? You just say truth once, right? You gotta speak in love. In Ephesians chapter four, verse two, at the beginning of all of that, Paul has a few qualifiers of what it means to love. So why don't we look at that together? Always be humble and gentle. Huh. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And probably because of your own faults. Be humble and gentle. So when you're speaking to people, are you being humble? Do you know what humbleness looks like? It looks like you don't know everything. It looks like you don't know what somebody's going through. It looks like you're eager to get to know them and find out from them. Gentleness. It's not this. It's like, oh, hey, hi, good to meet you. It's gentle. It's soft, right? What about 1 Corinthians 13? Well, love cha- I love this chapter. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I love that. I just love that. It's talked about at marriages a lot, but I don't think it's really a marriage verse. I mean, of course, it could be applied to marriage, but it's really just applied to, like, loving people. Just day-to-day stuff. It's applied to leaders. Every aspect of your life. That's your qualifier for loving people. You got to do that long before you want to speak truth into somebody's life. And even then, you need to be humble enough to realize that you have this much of the truth. God's the one that's got it. And so what you need to do, you need to point people to him. You need to point people to the cross. You need to invite them into a relationship with Jesus and let Jesus speak the truth into their hearts as only Jesus can speak the truth into all of our hearts. Well, how about the words of Jesus, though? That's Paul, right? Hmm. I mean, have you read the New Testament? But okay. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, and with all of your mind. This is Luke uh, Luke 10 and other places. And love your neighbor as yourself. Remember that one guy was like, oh, who's my neighbor? (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Everyone. Everyone is your neighbor. You need to love them as yourself. And look, if you love yourself, you're pointing yourself at Jesus. You're like, man, I just need more of him. I need more of the word of God. So if you're loving yourself enough to point yourself to Jesus, then you need to love your neighbor enough to point them there too. Right? What about Matthew 5, 44? But I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, so it's not enough to just love your neighbor. I have to love my enemies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Love and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting like true children of your Father in heaven. So maybe you have an LGBT person that knows that you're Christian and they don't like you, right? Doesn't matter. You've got to love them. 
you got to pray for them. They might be enemies with you right now, but that, like, that's not where we want to stay. We want to love, we just want to get to know, we want to love them. We want to introduce them to the Lord, right? You don't need to start off a conversation when somebody says, yeah, my pronouns are this and that, and you go, mm, that's not how you love people. Come on. Come on. If you have a family member that decides to change their name to suit their new gender identity and you say, no, I'm not going to use your, that name. Come on. Come on. Is that loving somebody? Well, it's the truth. Come on. Totally lost my place here. You need to love people, right? We need to love people. If you can't even call them by their preferred pronouns or by their name, I'm not sure that you can love them, right? So if you're looking to me, and this is just me, to would, how would I behave? Not Jesus, how would I behave? I'll call people whatever they want to be called. If it means that I can be in a relationship with them, if it means that I can share the love of Christ with them. I don't, I don't need to change. I don't need to fix. I don't need to, any of that stuff. Trans or otherwise, I just want to love. And I think that's what you should do. And if that means that I need to use a name that's contrary to the one they were born with or use a pronoun that's contrary to their biological sex, then I'm going to say it. And that's just me. Again, if you have a problem with that, emails to Pastor Lauren. <laughs> that's humility. That's humility. I don't know everything. How about Jesus? Would he use gender pronouns? Okay, we're, we finally circle back, and I have a minute left. Oh my gosh, I might go over just a smidge. I, you know what? I don't know. I, I think yes, probably. Uh, maybe. But here's the thing. Jesus was most gentle with the most broken. And the most outcast. And the most downtrodden and the most sick and the most hurt. He was the most gentle with those people, right? He was most critical with who? The religious. He wasn't most critical with the broken. He was most critical with the religious. Yeah, maybe he would. Because over and over again in Scripture, I see him entering in and meeting people where they're at. The woman at the well, right? The leper. He touched. He enters where we're at on our level. He interacts with us there, but it doesn't doesn't end there, right? So maybe that would be the conversation starter. I don't know. What I do know is that he gave some people new names. And those new names were based on an identity that was truly what that person was not the identity that they lived their whole life. That's interesting to me. So this guy, Simon, he ended up calling Peter, right? And on that rock, he built his church. This guy, Saul, he called Paul. Not a huge change, mind you. Just a little shift. But all of us Gentiles are here because of him, the apostle to the Gentiles. So yeah, he might... Use a pronoun, but I, you know what? He's going to give you a name that you didn't even know you had because he's the only one that truly knows your identity. There's this scripture in Revelation chapter 2, I think verse 17, 
just love it so much. I will give to him a white stone inscribed with a new name known only by the one who receives it. You think you are who you are. You're not. He's got, he's got a bigger identity for you. So would he use pronouns? Yeah, but he would also use the bigger identity. He would probably, all that stuff is garbage. That's all worldly stuff. Here's who I say you are. That's what Jesus would be like. That's the pronoun that he would use because only he knows. There's confusion, all that stuff, I get it, but he's gonna sort all of that confusion out. You don't need to do it, he will do it. Identity struggles are not a trans issue, they're a human issue. Right? Can I get the band to come back up? Uh, I'm willing to bet that a lot of you here have had identity issues. Trans or otherwise. Right? All of us. I have. I often wake up and I'm like, who am I? <laughs> like, what am I doing? You know? And I'd say I'm a fairly well-adjusted person, but I still have that, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know? Do you want to stand with me, actually? I bet you've had some issues sorting out your identity. And not just your gender identity, your identity. I want to share some things that God wants you to hear today, some affirmations. And so as I'm doing that, I want, can we like dim the house lights maybe a little bit? And uh, I want you all to just close your eyes. I pray Holy Spirit would open your hearts right now. In Jesus' name, just close your eyes and just listen. All of these things apply to you, but there is one of these things that is meant for you to hear today. Just listen with your heart. You are a child of God. He made you. He created you. You are deeply, deeply loved by God. You are saved by his grace, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Your sins, your transgressions, your iniquities are forgiven. All of them. God has chosen you. You might feel like you're here purposeless. You're not. He has chosen you. He has chosen you and there is a purpose for you being here. You are without fault in your heavenly Father's eyes. You are blessed and highly favored. You know what that means? He loves you especially. You are completely loved and completely accepted by Jesus. You might feel like you are unlovable, but no, he completely loves you. He completely accepts you. You are alive for a purpose. You've been set free of all the chains that hold you back. You are not condemned. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. You were made in the image of God, your Father, the creator of all of us. And this last one, there's a few people that need to hear this. You are not alone. You were never alone. 
He's always been there with me. Just with your eyes closed, and I'll just get the house lights just up, just a touch if you could. Continue with your eyes closed. If you have never began a relationship with the God that I'm talking about, the God that says those things to you, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Nobody knows you like he knows you. Nobody will ever know you like he knows you. Maybe you've been in a relationship with him, but you've, you've walked away and there's been some distance and you feel like you've done a few different things and how could I ever get back to that place? But you can right now. And I want to offer you that opportunity, whether you've never started a relationship with the one that knows you better than anybody ever could, or you've walked away, I want you to hear his voice. He's calling you home. He's calling you back into relationship today with your eyes closed. If that's you, I want you to just shoot up your hand to me. And you're not really, yeah, thank you so much. I see your hand there, yeah. You're not shooting up your hand to me. You're really shooting up your hand to him. It's an outward expression of what's going on in your heart. And if you feel that call, if you feel that pull right now, that's not me preaching good. That's him working in your heart. So just shoot your hand up just so I can recognize it and then you can put it back down. Thank you so much. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I see you in the back there. Thank you so much. Anybody else? I want to just say that this moment could be the most important decision that you would ever make. And I, this is the rest of your life. This is all of eternity wrapped up in a single moment. And he's here to meet you in that moment right now. He's opened his arms and he's saying, come. So if that's you, I'll just one last time, just raise your hand up for me. Okay, so good. So we did have a couple people. So I want us all to pray this out loud, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned and fallen short. And I ask for your forgiveness now. I believe that you died for my sins and that you've risen from the dead. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. Make me a new creation. I trust you and follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give a clap to those two people that are forever changed because of this moment. You just went from death to life. So beautiful. Well, look, again, I just want to thank you so much for being here and for listening to me ramble on. And look, if I got some of this stuff wrong, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I genuinely love you all. And if you ever want to have a conversation about these issues, I'm, my door is always open, just not my email or my phone number. God bless you. Thank you so much. Have yourself an incredible Sunday. messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week. <laughs>